You guys are pros. The best. I'm sure you can make it out of the casino. Of course, lest we forget, once you're out the front door, you're still in the middle of the fucking desert. You're right. He's right. Ruben, you're right. Our eyes were bigger than our stomachs. That's exactly what it is. Pure ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you for lunch. He swallowed his delicious. Sorry we bothered you. Look, we all go way back, and uh, I owe you from the thing with the guy in the place, and I'll never forget it. That was our pleasure. I'd never been to Belize. Give Dominic your addresses. I got some remaindered furniture I want to send you. Look, just out of curiosity, which casinos did you geniuses pick to rob? Bellagio, the Bellagio, the Mirage, and the MGM Grand. Those are Terry Benedict's casinos. Is that right? That's right. You guys. What do you got against Terry Benedict? What do you have against him? That's a question. He torpedoed my casino. Muscled me out. Now he's gonna blow it up next month to make way for some gaudy monstrosity. Don't think I don't see what you're doing. What are we doing, Ruben? You're gonna steal from Terry Benedict. You better goddamn know. This sort of thing used to be civilized. You'd hit a guy, he'd whack you done. But with Benedict, at the end of this, he better not know you're involved, not know your names, or think you're dead, because he'll kill you. And then he'll go to work on you. That's why we have to be very careful, very precise. Mm. Well-funded. Yeah. You gotta be nuts, too. This week on the podcast, uh, build an exact working replica of the Bellagio Vault, teach Topher Grace how to play poker, and buy vans from Billy Tim Denham. Like the blue jean. Yeah, denim like a jean. Denim like a jean. That's right. This week we're talking about Ocean's Eleven on 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. I'm Jason Martin. I am Paul Conlon. And it should be obvious, but yes, this is the George Clooney version, the Steven Soderbergh version, not the original. Um, um, the uh, movie opens up. You hear you hear sounds of a jail cell um, opening and closing uh, over the over the credits, and uh, there's a parole hearing. And uh, George Clooney's character, Danny Ocean, is there at the parole hearing, and uh, they're basically trying to say, you know, would you, you know, why did you commit the crimes, or was it simply you that you got caught this time? And he basically says, why. Well, I was mad because my wife left me and I don't think she'll do it again just for fun. Like basically saying he has no reason to continue to commit crimes. Um, So they let him out. Um, Do you notice where he was at? What state? Jersey, right? Yes, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. It's in the the sign of the correctional facility, North New Jersey or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I knew that, but I don't remember. It wasn't really explicitly said, but then the, the, the very next scene is in Vegas. And one of the things he's doing is on the phone saying, yeah, I'm a little state. <laughs> Actually, it's Atlantic City. Is that? I thought he was in Vegas. No, because, um, yeah, no, it's, 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 I mean, you would assume by the movie that, yeah, it's Vegas. It's not. It's Atlantic City. Oh. To make a point when he, because, um, uh, you know, he goes to, uh, 
you know, Frank is there, uh, Frank Hatton, uh, Bernie Mac's character. His character is Ramon. Oh, you know what? You're right. It, and, he's in Jersey. You don't think that. Well, it's it's a weird Vegas. thing they did with that because obviously you know the movie's about Vegas. Yeah. Assume, but uh, you know he goes to he goes to um, to gamble to meet uh, Frank Catton, Bernie yeah. Mac's character. And he, he and, goes to him first, and then Rusty second. Yeah, and he says you might want to try the Caesars. It gets busy after one. Basically, it's a place. Hey, we can go talk yeah. in private. Yeah. Um, because. The, the reason that the only way they tried to really point out that he really is still in New Jersey is when he's talking, he calls his parole officer and he's saying, no, I would never think of losing the state in the background. It says Trump Plaza. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you're and right. I, and I remember seeing that. Too. You're right. And it's, and it's, it's kind of like, I don't know if they're trying to, I think they're being subtle, you know, right. Someone right. like me who wouldn't pay attention. You right. wouldn't know any better. You think, Oh, he's right. a funny line. I, I would never think of losing right, the right. state. Right, right. Which you know he's going to leave the state, but he is actually still in Jersey. Jersey. Okay. But, you know, I think the Trump Plaza is there, not that everybody in the world knows it, but, he, they, you know, he had places in Lake yeah. City. Yeah. Uh, the only time I ever went to Lake City, I actually went to Trump, to, to his casino or whatever, um, for, you know, the only time I ever went to Well, the very next scene is him in, in Hollywood with Yes. So he literally goes right after. Oh, right, right, definitely. And yeah, the next scene is uh, Rusty is. Uh, you got Brad Pitt, uh, Rusty's character. Uh, I mean, dealing with the uh, talking to Tiger, Tiger, Tiger Grace. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Josh, Tiger Topher Grace, Joshua Jackson. Uh, mm -hmm. I can't remember anyone. Who's I there. can't remember the other names. I know they were the all like w, WB shows. Yeah. Though. Well, they're all uh, Holly Marie Combs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean one other. But I think they were literally were all WB shows except for Tover Grace, I think. She uh, was on Picket Fences, huh. but she might have been in something else. She wasn't in Yeah. She wasn't in Charmed. Mm -hmm. uh, unless she, oh no, she was in Charmed. Yeah, she was. So that was a She was in the second second group, or whatever? Uh, no, she was one of the originals. Oh was she? Marie Combs, yeah. uh Shannon Doherty and uh Lisa Milano. Yeah, those are the three originals. Oh, was it? Okay, okay. Um, but uh, it's funny that uh, uh, Topher is, of course, at this point, we don't necessarily know that Topher, Blaise is, Topher Grace is playing himself. Yes. He was, but at that time, you, you're going to assume he's playing a character. He's not. But like he's talking about how, talking to Rusty, he's like, you should really think about getting incorporated. You're like talking about the tax implications and stuff. You should talk to my my agent, uh, Bernie. I think Rusty says, you mean your, your, uh, your, agent or your PR or whatever, manager. or your business manager is like, Bernie, no, it's Bernie. He's like, you know what? They're both named Bernie. <laughs> and he's kind of joke about, you know, Bernie is usually typically a, a Jewish man's name. And a lot of the agents are Jewish guys. So Bernie, no, they're both named Bernie. Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, he's talking about, you know, Topher saying it tax write off that it's tax write off. I'd have to pay you by check. Yeah, yeah. Rusty doesn't seem like someone no. to take checks. Probably yeah, Rusty kind of stares at him and goes, "No, no, I guess it's Mark." Yeah, yeah. Now. yeah. Then to get into the game. Yeah. And wow. As, as a as a big time poker player, probably. I am a big time poker player. Yeah. I uh, I work for a company. I run poker games and bars as a you know uh, sales opportunity for the mm -hmm. bar and all, and for people to play poker. Uh, mm -hmm. Wow. They definitely sell. To me, the fact that they do not know how to play poker. Well, it's and not only that, but they play it badly. Beyond, play. beyond the fact that not knowing how to play, 
Not like being people that have never played cards in their life. Yeah. Uh, no, no concept of rules or decorum, right? Right. So. One guy has six cards. One guy has three, three pair. <laughs> Give me a three pack. All red. And Trevor says all, all red. Of course, you look and it's diamonds and hearts, and there's no matching cards. Oh, oh this all this stupidness does lead to uh, a nice scene I really like where. Uh, Rusty's at the bar and he's holding the drink up against yeah. his head. Yeah. And you see in the background, if you're paying attention, there's George Clooney walking past him, uh -huh. um, which is not really hidden. It's just okay. right there. Yeah. And then, of course, Rusty goes back to the game and there's George sitting at the uh, Yeah. Uh, Daniel's our game Ocean. Daniel sitting, Ocean. Sitting at the table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. So Rusty, when he's watching this, the strippers, um, yeah. And then, yeah, you see Danny's back at the card game. And uh, they get to uh, talking about, uh, you know, why you're in town. But why are you in town, basically? Um, and uh, Rusty says, what's the target? And he just holds up three fingers. I don't, I don't think it's the Inglorious Bastards three fingers. I think it's the American three fingers. <laughs> I didn't even think about the connection until now. But that's a, it's not like it's a major plot point here, but he doesn't say it. He holds up three. And uh, he's talking about three casinos. Um, and uh, next we have uh, Rusty and Which Danny. Which came up first? This came up first before Angora's Passage, didn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like eight years before. Oh, yeah. Damn. No, there's no connection. No I, connection. Just, I just thought it was weird. Um, and uh, you see Rusty and Danny, they're uh, looking at the Bellagio vault blueprints. And, you know, you're, of course, you're wondering, like, where are they? Why? How? How did they get this? And then right. the security guard comes in. You know, like, shines a light on them. And yeah. like, turn that light off. Yeah. Is like he's he's like Are you guys about done here. He's like, well, yeah. we're, we're just gonna take these home and copy and bring them back. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess we find out later that Frank uh, Catton is the one that set that up or whatever. Had a friend or whatever that could get that for him because he works for. And we find out the. Well, um, this is before Frank is actually uh, in in Vegas, so I don't know if he did, but anyway, they got it. Um, and. Uh, I love this. This is such a great running joke in, in this and the, the next movie, too. Um, Rusty and Danny talking about the, the types of cons they need. It's such a great, it's like when people uh, on sitcoms or whatever will joke about made up sexual positions. <laughs> I know on the, the cartoon, the adult cartoon network, uh, cartoon Squidbillies, they did this one time. They did like I swear it's two minutes straight of these make it made up. And they're in the South, so it's all these like the you know, Chattanooga Hoot Nanny and the uh, Talligate, Talligate, you know, Tummy Twisters. Just anyway, this is what they say. Rusty uh, says, Off the top of your head, you're looking at a Boski, a Jim Brown, a Miss Daisy, two Jethro's, a Leon Sprinks, and not to mention the biggest Ella Fitzgerald you ever saw. Just a, a, a bunch of made-up names for cons. That's so great. To me, I always thought of those as tags for con men types. These, these are yeah. Well, demands. yeah, you're right. This right. guy's going to no, do the Boski, right. and the Boski, Ivan Boski, was a big financier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Carl Reiner's part was the Ivan yeah. Boski. I, I got oh, that when he when we showed that. Well, I, you're right. I meant for the actual yeah. the, the the part they would play. Okay. I, I mean. I mean you're right. Not the not the con, but the actual okay. um, part they would play. Um, so the who's the Miss Daisy? Uh, 
Linus, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, two Jethro's would, would actually be the brothers, I guess, for yeah. whatever reason. They're playing two dumb. Brothers. Yeah. They're playing dumb. Uh, Leon Spinks is a boxer, so, I mean, they're involved. They're using boxing as a thing, as yeah. a diversion. Or, I don't know. <laughs> Ella Fitzgerald, uh, I don't know. But it's just funny. Um, and, you know, we find out the security guard had, had let them in. Um, and uh, they're talking about what, um, how, who are we going to get to bankroll this? And uh, and basically, Rusty already knows it after he asked the question. He's yes. like, no. And he's like, well, no, what Ruben will say. And then smash cut to uh, Elliot Gould. First thing he says, you're out of your goddamn minds. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know. He had a good role in this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he says, you know, they say it's never been tried before. It's like, oh, yeah, it's never been tried before. And this is a great montage. Uh, the, the three closest robberies right, in right. Vegas history. Yeah. yeah. The music use, use is great, by the way. The first the first one, the oldest one, is Papa Loves Mambo. Yeah. Perry Como. And then you got Spirit in the Sky, the normal game. Yeah. And then you got Take My Breath Away, Berlin. They move the music through time. They yeah. They move the dress of the characters through yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> They moved the look and the camera angles, everything through time. They did a very good job. Yeah, and uh, I love the, the last one. They got the uh, guy dressed like Don Johnson, and he's arm, still smoking a cigarette. Arm full of cash <laughs> running out, and this nice long shot of him getting shot and the money going everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's still smoking a cigarette when he's running. With. That's so great. They do they do a great job there. Um, it's so funny in that little fifteen seconds or whatever. It's so funny, and. Uh, so uh, uh, Ruben asked them, you know, which casinos, and uh, they mentioned them. They're like, uh, says, uh, those are Terry Benedict's casinos. I'm like, oh, really? Oh, yeah, right there. And then like, he goes, what do you have against Terry Benedict? And they, they say, well, the real question is, what do you have against Terry Benedict? Mm-hmm. And now you know why they picked him. Yes. Oh, and, yeah. And you give them the reason, that his motivation, why they went to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry Benedict mm-hmm. torpedoed him in his casino, got it out from under, about to tear it down. Yeah, yeah. And uh, right after this, we see uh, Frank Cranketton is in. Uh, he's putting in a, he's got some bronchitis. He's putting in a transfer to a warmer climate. <laughs> so he's getting transferred from Atlantic City um, down to oh, Vegas. You know what? Yeah. I missed that part too. I'm thinking about there in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Transferred. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're talking about the people that are going to be involved. And they say the, the Moys, uh, they're like the Mormon twins. The Mormon twins. <laughs> it shows that it's. Uh, uh, Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn. Yeah. And it shows them uh, one guy's driving a monster truck and the other one's got a model. <laughs> and uh, they're going to race. And the uh, one guy just gets pissed off and just runs over the model Scott and crushes it. Crushes it. Crushes it. <laughs> they're just laughing at each other. And the look on Casey Affleck's face when his brother runs over the model is mm-hmm. like, I can't believe you fucking did that. You know, it's just yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone, I think everyone had a lot of fun making this movie. It just oh, seems yeah. like they did. It just come through. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, next, you see uh, Livingston Bell. So he's electronics, and it shows him in a surveillance van. And the other guys are FBI guys or whoever they are. Yeah, don't touch that button. Fun of them. Don't yeah. touch that button. Yeah. They call him Radio Shack. You know. uh, they say Basher's in town, talking about uh, someone for explosives. And uh, it shows him, uh, it's like, he might have an issue with availability. And it shows Don Cheadle playing Basher with his group of criminals he's with, uh, blowing the save. The alarm goes off. He's pissed off because 
You had one job. Had one one job. job. Yeah. And uh, they didn't take care of it. And uh, he exited the building in police custody. Um, and uh, Brad Pitt uh, walks up and says, Peck, ATF. And uh, he's talking to the other cops. Like, you know, he's saying, did you search him really on his person? Really search him? And he pats him down real hard. Says, go find Griggs. Tell him I need to see him. I'm like, who? Griggs, go find him. You think Griggs or Riggs? I'm thinking Riggs, like Riggs and Murtaugh. From, I think he said Griggs, but okay. it could have been. I think I, I don't think he was. I think to he slurred his words a little bit. He's good at that. Right, right. And uh, so basically, he gets the cop out know, there. Like, basically, he gets Basher. He's like, "Are you in?" Like, "Sure." And uh, they're running away from the the running away, and they're making three stooges. <laughs> and then the car like explodes or something, and it's like they weren't expecting that shit. He said it. Uh, Basher says it'd be nice working with proper villains again. Um, then they're like talking about the need to grease man, and so they go to the uh, circus and see these Chinese acrobats. And uh, Danny says, "Which one is he?" And uh, Rusty says, the, "It's the small Chinese guy." You know? <laughs> and they're all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He also has a really good line. Goes, mm-hmm. and he's on the list. He is the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Danny isn't impressed until he does this one little trick where he jumps off the pole on another pole. Yeah. And they're like, we got a grease man. Yeah, yeah we got a grease man. Um, and then you see uh, Rusty goes to Tampa to meet, to recruit Saul, uh, played by the Carl, great Carl Reiner. Yes. just died recently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, basically just talking him into uh, Saul's like, I saw you, you know, I know you're here. I already knew it. I saw you when you got up this morning. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's talking like, I got a nice life here. I got a nice lady that works the unmentionables counter at Macy's. And uh, and then before he leaves, Rusty whispers to him, basically to tell him what's up, what's going on, and leaves a plane ticket in his lap. Um, and uh, in between this, you see uh, there's a commercial on TV with Lennox Lewis on it. Um, this is the first time we hear that there's yeah, we we don't hear it, but it's a suggestion. Like, okay, it's Vegas. Okay, something's gonna be fight going on. Probably. Vegas boxer, right? Fight. Right, and uh, and they've got their group. And they're like ten out to do it. And uh, you think we need one more? Yeah, I think we need one more. No, no, no. It's not a back and forth. It's uh-huh. one person. He's just talking about. Do you think we need one? Well, yeah, we know. We'll get one more. Yeah. It, the other guy didn't say anything. He basically talks oh, himself okay. into it. Okay. It's not a back and forth. There's a really good. Uh, Character, yeah, little thing there, yeah. Um, we get one more, and then we cut to Illinois. Mm-hmm. And uh, Danny's in uh, Chicago, and uh, we see Linus, uh, played by Matt Damon, uh, on the L, and uh, you see him uh, lifting uh, um, wallets from uh, as he later he later says filling up stockbrokers. Yeah. Um, Danny lifts his wallet, um, leaves his card in his pocket, says Emmett's, Emmett's Pub. So he's telling him to meet him there. Yeah, nice pull. Nice yeah. pull. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, Danny says, he, first thing he says when he sits down, you either in or you're out. <laughs> so because you, Bobby Cobble said, either in or out. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby Cobble thinks highly of you. You and my dads are like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one little part of the scene here really bothered me at first. I'm still not sure if it doesn't bother me, but mm-hmm. it's uh when he says, looks down his hand, and the ticket's not there anymore because one's looking at it, he goes, Man, that's the best pull I've seen you do yet. Mm-hmm. Except it was his right hand on the table. 
And just before oh, that, really? he had his right hand up calling for a drink. Oh, so he okay. literally lifted his hand up off the ticket. It was the easiest thing you could possibly right, call. Right, right. So either he was being incredibly sarcastic or they were playing with us a little bit because you didn't see all that happening. It was below the camera. No, angle. you didn't. No, you didn't. When you saw him lift his hand up, he put it down, and then he looks down. He sees Linus holding the ticket. He looks down at his hand, mm -hmm. and there's nothing underneath it. Okay. The implication is that he pulled it from under his hand. So oh, okay. He saw his hand up. And yeah. if you're watching, Linus was pulling the ticket off the table. Mm -hmm. So uh, either uh, Danny Ocean is being incredibly sarcastic about that, or he wasn't paying attention himself. Okay. Well, he let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm not sure. The sequence is definitely a little tricky mm -hmm. camera work to make you think one thing when something else is going on. Yeah. It could just be indicative of the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. A little foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, Linus sees the uh, plane tickets as uh, Las Vegas sign, uh, and Danny says America's Playground. Yep. And uh, it cuts to uh, we're in Vegas now, and you hear the song A Little Less Conversation. My favorite Elvis song. It's a great song. Very good aerial shot. Yeah, yeah. Very, really puts you in the mood of like, this is what's going on. You know, it's Vegas, it's the Elvis song playing. And uh, they do a great job of that. Um, they're all at uh, Ruben's house. Um, and I got one of the Mormon guys talking to Saul, saying, "Do you make it out to Utah much?" <laughs> it's just, it's just, it just, it seems like it's a very ridiculous thing to say. You know, it just doesn't seem like the kind of guy to be hanging out in Utah. Uh, he's like, I think he'd really dig Provo, you know. Um, and uh, Danny's going over the plan, and uh, he's talking about, um, you know, all this incredibly difficult uh stuff they have to do and uh i think it's i think maybe casey affleck says like yeah you said something about good news <laughs> yeah it's like and uh this is where um saul says um you know i have a question we get into the cage and through the security guards there and down the elevator we can't move and past the guards with the guns and into the vault we can't open and someone says without being seen by the cameras like oh yeah i forgot to say it's like, yeah, say we do all that. We're just supposed to walk out of here with $150 million in cash on us without getting stopped. And Danny says, yeah. It's like, oh, okay. And then Saul uh, puts a, uh, like a Tums yeah. like, in his uh, mouth. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> calm, calm the acid in my stomach. Yeah. Um, and I like, uh, they're starting to do their, uh, you know, kind of get started with stuff. And uh, they're talking about uh, a dancer at the Crazy Horse. Um, and uh, uh, these two security guys are saying it, talking about this dancer at the Crazy Horse, and Frank is in the employee lounge or whatever listening. And I love these taking notes on a crossword yeah. puzzle. That's a great little thing. That like, is awesome. Yeah, that's a great little story thing. Like, okay, yeah. It looks like he's just doing a crossword, but he's like listening in, mm -hmm. step down, writing. Right, he's writing notes, like her name or what day she works or whatever. And uh, and uh, they talk about power, like Basher at your show. Um, and, uh, you know, they're talking about the stuff Basher's going to do. Um, and, uh, they say, uh, they employ, do they employ, uh, employ an in-house technician and, uh, said two and one of them's lonely. And they're talking about the guy that they're going to, so basically the stripper they know is going to lift the security badge off of him. Yeah. And, uh, you get the two brothers with the balloons and they're fake arguing, um, and the balloons, uh, you know, get lifted up and they block the eye in the sky. Um, and this forces the guys to tell 
the nearest guy who's guarding the door, like you need, we need you to clear that uh, those balloons or whatever. We need to clear that away. And this is where uh, he goes in with the security badge. Yes, he's able to get in the in there. Um, and uh, he's got the instructions written on his hand where to go. Right, right. And uh, yeah, he gets in there and uh, with the computer room or whatever, puts in the, I guess the thing that allows him access to the security cameras. Yeah. Um, and when he's walking out, uh, you know, it was hot in the room and he had uh, put his hand on his forehead. So the ink sweated off and he's not sure how to get out. Um, and uh, yeah, so he eventually does make it out. But you, know. but, you know, he's followed by a security guard who was calling out to him. He's like trying to get right, out. Right, right, right. And he catches him right at the door that mm -hmm. he came into originally. Right. And, this, and he thinks he's always he's caught. He's, oh, you left your phone back there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, like, how, nice. how's the reception on these things? Oh, excellent. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, someone mentions here, like, we need to make an exact working replica of the Bellagio Vault. And they say, for practice, he's like, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they have uh, the next tax task they have is uh, transport. This is where we have Frank uh, negotiating with the guy at the uh, car dealership. What a great negotiating. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you a question. Can you moisturize? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what uh, the hell? Yeah. Like, I get that with the, I mean, stutters, like, you can't think with a uh, camphor, camphor. And, uh, but I get a little allergic reaction. And, uh, and it's like, uh, of course, we all should wear gloves to bed, but I feel that that interrupts my my uh, agenda. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bernie Mac is so he's so funny, man. Anyway, just naturally funny, but he's great. He's he, he, he pronounces the words like aloe vera, you know. Did he die between the first and second movies, or was he in the second movie? I can't remember. He was in the second movie. Um, he, I think, he died maybe right after the third movie. Okay, I think yeah. he. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was still in the third movie, but because I don't think they would have made it, or maybe you know, without him. But I think it was right after the third movie. Um, but uh, he's he does a great job, like being friendly with the guy. You know, and the guy says his name is Denim, he says Denim like a gene, and uh, it's great. How, like he's like shaking his hand like way too hard, kind of thing, um, and. Uh, he gets the guy a good price on the uh, on the vans, and I feel like he was just kind of do that for fun because it's not like they couldn't afford an extra whatever thousand per yeah. per van. But he's just trying to work it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Plus, uh, there's also the whole thing of uh, someone just comes in and just buy, I'll take this, I'll take this. No price, no object. You remember that as yes. a salesman, right? Whereas someone who right. negotiates True. is. Like everybody else out there, especially for true. a cheap ass van. True. That's a good down. point. Yeah, that'll be he'd be less conspicuous. He, he may be more conspicuous because of the way he did it. Right. But in the grand scheme of things, he's less conspicuous because he's just another person negotiating for a couple mm -hmm. of fans. Whereas somebody comes in and pops the money down, you remember them. Yeah. No one does that. Right. True. True. Um, um and uh, we see uh Saul getting fitting for the suit and he's uh, practicing in his accent, saying, my name is Lyman Zerga. And uh, the two brothers are his, like, assistants or whatever. And uh, so Rusty is saying, talking to Linus, saying, tell me about Benedict, because right now Linus is basically 
following Benedict around learning his routine. Um, and uh, he, he talks about his whole routine and everything, how he's like a machine. And uh, Linus says, this is just the best part of my day. And this is where uh, Julia Robert shows up, Tess, uh, walking down the stairs. And uh, he says, and uh, Linus doesn't know her name. And Rusty says, her name is Tess. Because, you know, we don't know that now, but we realize by the look on his face that Rusty knows who Tess yes. is. We learn, obviously, later that he definitely would know who he is. So, or she is. Yeah, I was looking up uh, Bernie Mac. He was in... Uh... 11, 12, and 13. Yeah. I think he died like maybe like right after the. Uh, he died in 08. Um, yeah. It came, 07 is when the third one came out. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Looking at my hand, remember. Yeah. He was he was fairly young, like maybe 53. 50, yeah. 50. 50. Okay, 50. Yeah. A yeah. lot younger than I am right now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so everything you know about Green Mac, you know, before he was 50. Mm -hmm. um, I remember um, Bernie Mac. First thing I remember him from was uh, Deaf Comedy Jam. And uh, I mean, because that was on when I was like in college, and that was big, like 92, 93 or something. First time I saw him was Kings of Comedy, the documentary yeah. comedy yeah. movie with yeah. uh, Steve Harvey, uh, mm -hmm. Cedric Entertainer, him, like one other guy. I uh, can't remember who it was, but uh, funny as hell. Yeah, yeah. He uh, on Deaf Comedy Jam, because Deaf Comedy Jam, it was notoriously like, if you weren't good, you were you were getting you were getting fucking ridden. Oh yeah, this black audience wouldn't stand for it. And he came out in one of his things. He's like, "I ain't scared of you, motherfuckers." You know, <laughs> and he was like, he was like funny, like saying, "I ain't scared of you, motherfuckers." That was like his big thing. Like he was already, you know, he wasn't young when that happened. I mean, he was already been around, but yeah, he was he was funny as hell, really. Um, and uh, um, now Rusty knows that. Uh, you know, he, he talks to Danny, he said, tell me this is not about screwing the guy that's screwing your wife. Because he realizes maybe this is about revenge because Tara Brennick, Benedict is is dating yeah. his, his ex-wife or whatever. Um, and, uh, and he's like, no, no, it's, you know, maybe it was, but, you know, he wasn't, it wasn't meant it. Um, you got a scene here with uh, Saul was at the table with uh, Jerry Wontraub was here, who's uh, the producer on the movie. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't look him up, but he's been in other things too. I yeah. mean, he is a producer, but he drops in every now. He plays a very great Jerry Weintraub. Right, right. You need that Hollywood producer type. Put him in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, you know, he's in the movie, but he is a producer too. Um, and this is where Danny is talking to uh, Tess. She just shows up at, at her table, and uh, Danny says, "Does he make me laugh? Make you laugh?" And she says, "He doesn't make me cry." Um, and uh, we have a scene here where uh, uh, Saul is uh, and his character is Lemon Zerga. And, and same thing, she also used the line, you know, you're a liar and a thief. Yeah. Which comes back later on a couple of times. Right. So. Oh, yeah, true, true. Um, and then uh, Saul talks to Benedict about uh, he's got a valuable package coming the night of the fight. The fight. And uh, I can't trust it to uh, the house safe. Right. That's for old, like Brandy. And that's for Brandy and old lady. Grandmother's pearls yeah. or something like that. And uh, and then we'll be back right after this. Maybe close your eyes and listen to the music. Dig to the summer breeze. It's a groovy night and I can show you how to use it. To come along with me and put your mind at ease. What well, did you guys get a group rate or something? 
Saul, do you uh, make it out to Utah much? Not as often as I'd like. I think you should check it out. I think you dig Provo. I think you could do very well there. I'll look into it. Gentlemen, welcome to Las Vegas. Is that right? Everybody eating? Good. Everybody sober? Close enough. All right, before we get started, nobody's on the line here yet. What I'm about to propose to you is both highly lucrative and highly dangerous. Now, that doesn't seem like your particular brand of vodka. Help yourself to as much food as you like and have a safe journey. No hard feelings. Otherwise, come with me. You're Bobby Caldwell's kid, huh? From Chicago? Yeah. It's nice there. Do you like it? Yeah. That's wonderful. Get in the goddamn house. Gentlemen, the 3,000 block of Las Vegas Boulevard, otherwise known as the Bellagio, the Mirage, and the MGM Grand. Together, they're three of the most profitable casinos in Las Vegas. Let me see. This is the vault at the Bellagio. It's located below the strip, beneath 200 feet of solid earth. It safeguards every dime that passes through each of the three casinos above it. And we're going to rob it. Smash and grab job, huh? Slightly more complicated than that. Oh, yeah. This is courtesy of Frank Catton, new blackjack dealer at the Bellagio. Okay, bad news first. This place houses a security system that rivals most nuclear missile silos. First, we have to get within the casino cages, which anybody will tell you takes more than a smile. Next, through these doors, each of which requires a different six-digit code changed every 12 hours. Past those lies the elevator. This is where it gets tricky. The elevator won't move without authorized fingerprint identification. Which we can't fake. And vocal confirmation from both the security system within the Bellagio and the vault below. Which we won't get. Furthermore, the elevator shaft is rigged with motion detectors. Meaning if we were to manually override the lift, the shaft's exit would lock down automatically and we'd be trapped. Now, once we get down the shaft, though, then it's a piece of cake. Just two more guards with Uzis and the most elaborate vault door ever conceived by man. Any questions? No, tunneling is out. Their sensors monitoring the ground 100 yards in every direction. If a groundhog were to nest there, they'd know about it. Anyone else? You said something about good news? Yeah. The Nevada Gaming Commission stipulates that a casino must hold in reserve enough cash to cover every chip it play on its floor. That means, on a weekday, by law, it has to carry anywhere between 60 and 70 million dollars in cash and coin on the weekend between 80 and 90 million on a fight night like the one two weeks from tonight the night that we're going to rob it 150 million without breaking a sweat now there are 11 of us each with an equal share you do the math exactly i have a question mm -hmm. say we get into the cage and, and through the security doors there and down the elevator we can't move, and past the guards with the guns, and into the vault we can't open? Without being seen by the cameras. Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, well, say we do all that. Uh, we're just supposed to walk out of there with $150 million in cash on us without getting stopped?
Yeah. Oh. Okay. We are back here on the podcast talking about Ocean's Eleven. Um, this movie, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, at eighty-three. So yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, the budget on this movie, eighty-five million dollars. Uh, box office, four hundred and fifty million dollars. Made a bit back. Yeah. Uh, adjusted for inflation, that's six hundred and sixty-eight million dollars. So it did very well for sure. Um, now this movie was um, uh, was released. Um, I didn't put the uh, exact date. I forgot to put it on here, but it's December of uh, uh, 2001. Um, you remember when you first saw the movie? Uh, I don't really remember when I first saw the movie. Mm-hmm. I think I saw the theater when it came out. Yeah. Um, 2001. I was working nights at the bowling center. Maybe I didn't. I, oh, I wouldn't have seen it in the day. So I probably wouldn't have seen it in the day out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really remember. I'm, I was a big... More of a big uh, Steven Soderbergh fan mm-hmm. than any of the real actors. I'm yeah. on scene just to see his movie as yeah. opposed to them in the movie. Yeah. Um, it, uh, lots of fun to watch this movie. Yeah. I definitely, I watched it in theaters. I was definitely ready to watch it probably the week it came out. Uh, and I watched it in theaters and uh, loved it for sure. The first time I saw it, no question. Uh, uh, some other movies in theaters at the time, uh, Joyride, uh, one, of me, one of our earliest episodes on the podcast, uh, Donnie Darko, 13 Ghosts, Monsters, Inc., Shallow Howl, Behind Enemy Lines, Not Another Teen Movie, The Royal Ten of Moms, uh, Lord of the Rings, Part One, Part One. Uh, Beautiful Mind, and Black Hawk Down. Um, there's, uh, I think I've seen... You know, honestly, I think I've seen all those movies. Joyride, uh, Joyride, that sounds familiar. Oh, what is yeah, I've seen somewhere. Yeah, that was one of the first movies we. Uh, yeah, did. that was like the second or third. Or Donnie movies. Darko, I eventually saw. Wow, mm-hmm. what a weird movie! Thirteen mm-hmm. Ghosts. I remember seeing it way back then. I want to see it again. I've mm-hmm. been reading more and more stuff about mm-hmm. it and how. Like it's an underappreciated movie. Yeah, so I've heard that too. Yeah. A Monster Corporate I saw when it came out, Shallow How, I did not see when it came mm-hmm. out. Eventually saw it on cable. Yeah. So behind enemy lines, uh yeah. Uh none of the team movie, no. Uh the Royal Ten of I've not seen that. You ever seen that? Yeah, I saw it in theaters. Oh. Yeah. yeah, right yeah. when it came out, yeah. A Lord of the Rings I did see in the theaters. Probably one of the ones I went and ran to. A Beautiful Mind I saw. Uh, in the theater mm-hmm. and Black Hawk Down saw the theaters. Yeah, I remember Black Hawk Down. I've only seen it once in the theaters, and man, oh, it was super intense, impressive. Like, and if, if you, for those of us who watched it back then, were yeah. alive and watched movies back then, if you watch it now, all the people that are in that movie, yes, that are just everywhere. Yeah, it's amazing they had such a good cast. And it, it and it, and it's not even the kind of movie I normally like, but man, that was fucking great. Yeah. Black Hawk Down was great. Oh, when it when it got to the action. It was so intense and mm-hmm. ratcheted yeah. it up bit by bit. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think that uh, Behind Enemy Lines, I believe that was the one where Owen Wilson and Bruce Willis were in, maybe. Yeah, where Owen Wilson and someone else. Uh, Owen Wilson was the guy who was left behind. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't remember. I saw it in theaters. There were, there were a number of war movies like that. Yeah. Were, 
from different wars and this and the other, and they all seem to blend together yeah. over a period of time. So yeah. Now, which of those movies, including Ocean's Eleven, have you seen the most? Um, Lord of the although Rings. Uh, I rushed to see Lord of the Rings, I believe I've actually seen Ocean's Eleven the most. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is a movie where if it's on or parts parts of it are on, I'll just sit and watch it if I got time. Mm -hmm. It's just so enjoyable. Yeah, it is. It is. It's like. Um, I've seen uh, Joyride is on the list. I've probably seen Ocean's Eleven. I'm pretty sure I've seen it more than Joyride, but um, I've seen them both a lot for sure. And not nothing else is even close as far as the number of times I've seen it. Now, not an entertainment movie. Um, Sam Levine was in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was one of the movies where he. Yeah, all those uh, parody, super parody, uber, yeah. uber parodies. Yeah. I saw one or two at the beginning. After that, yeah. they all seem alike to me. That one was pretty good, but it's not. It definitely wouldn't be considered a good movie. But uh, it was well, that was a part of it. You know, you see one, and it's like, oh, this is fresh, new, and right. funny. Ha ha. Next one, not so much. And then mm -hmm. everything else in the overall genre. Yeah. 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 Um, um, now, the director uh, Steven Soderbergh. I want to mention uh, a lot of his movies here, and he's got a lot of big ones. Yes. Um, Sex Lies and Videotape. Out of Sight, Aaron Brockovich, Traffic, Solaris, uh, the sequels to this movie, Contagion, Magic Mike, Beyond the Candelabra, Logan Lucky. His first credit as a director on IMDb is for the band Yes. And it's actually, it shows as 9012 live. Their album was 90125. So I don't know if I guess oh, it's 90125. No, I don't get it. So. Instead of five, it's yeah, live. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. The album okay. is five. Gotcha. But so for the live gotcha. documentary or whatever, 9012 live. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. And, uh, and, and of all those, uh, the second to last one, which was uh, The Candelabra, mm -hmm. is the only one of his movies I've not seen. It is great. Right. HBO I, original movie about okay, five that's, years ago. That's probably why I haven't seen it. Um, years, it was off my radar. Yeah. Michael Douglas and Matt Damon. Okay. Michael Douglas is Liberace. It's fucking great. Oh, okay. I have heard of that, but I never. No sure. Yeah, because okay. it was nominated for, you know. Okay. Uh, I have to look for that. Words a lot. But so. oh, Logan Lucky was fun as hell. Yes, it was. Yes, that was such a good Yes, movie. it was. That was a good one. I, I, I've been watching him since. It is, it is very similar to Ocean's Eleven. It's oh, very, like, very similar. And like extremely similar. Like, yeah. and I don't care because it's still great. Oh, yeah. It's great. Um, yeah. Um, now, I wanted to mention because Yes, Yes is one of my favorite bands. So. He's uh, a very good band. I'm, I'm glad that he... Uh, the Kings of Prague Rock. Yeah, and I'm glad that he was uh, he was a director. That was his first credit on IMDb. Now I kind of want to go see if I can see that. I don't think I ever... I never have. ...heard of it. Mm -hmm. Until you mentioned it. I don't, I don't think I ever heard of that. I think it's an hour, know, like, yes, a, like an hour-long concert okay. kind of thing. Um, but, you know, uh, Scorsese did The Last Waltz. Uh, mm -hmm. Everyone, all the big directors, they, they're in the music. Right, right. And um, you know, Traffic, I've only seen once, but it was a great movie. Yeah, it sure. was good. And I didn't realize that he did Magic Mike. And that was oh, really? Fun. Yeah. That was, I mean, it's a fun movie. I mean, you know, it's a fun movie. It was a huge hit for sure. I mean, oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. Had it not been for Soderbergh making that movie, I probably wouldn't have seen it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the uh, tagline for this movie, this is, I don't know, this tagline Tagline is Hollywood's A-list stars come together to pull off the most daring heist in Las Vegas, like the most daring heist Las Vegas has ever known. 
Three, 11 men, three casinos, $150 million, one chance to pull it off. It actually sounds to me very much like the original tagline you would see for the original yeah. Ocean's yeah. Eleven in the 60s. Right. You know, literally pointing out, hey, all these A-list stars in the movie, yes. they're going to do this. Come and have fun. Watch the movie. It seems to me more like a throwback like that as opposed yeah. to yeah. Uh, a serious trying tagline. to be, yeah. trying to be. They're not trying to be quiet. Yeah, what can you say about a movie with all these people in it? Maybe right. Soderbergh, you know, at this right. point in his career and their careers, you know. But pointing out right at the beginning, hey, watch all these eight Hollywood stuff. I think it's more of a throwback yeah. to the, and a nod mm-hmm. to the original. Uh, which, uh, of all the characters, I think only Danny Ocean has the same name. Oh, okay. Only yeah, makes repeat sense. Repeat character. Uh, Frank Sinatra's character. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I, I did watch the original uh, oh, did. last week. Uh, first time I've ever seen it. Um, did it hold up? Was it okay? I haven't seen I it in a long time. I don't know if there's anything to hold up. It's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to prop up. I uh, I posted uh, on the the unspooled Facebook group, uh, which is the podcast about the originally about the top 100 movies of all time. Uh-huh. Like, hey, I'm watching this. I any thoughts? And everyone who's uh, most of these people have seen it because there are seven files for sure. Yeah, more than I am. And most of them like, oh yeah, that movie just isn't really good. <laughs> it's it, it worth watching for sure, but and the ending is the most good. I remember about that movie isn't about the movie, it's about the making the movie, and that was that Frank wanted Sammy Davis Jr. Mm-hmm. and the 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 studio said uh, him no he's black right and Frank said if he's not in none of us are in yeah and so okay. That's with the power of Frank. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's they make a few uh, skin color jokes in there, um, like uh, you know Sammy Davis Jr. Like the other guys are putting on like they're putting stuff on their face to camouflage to be darker. And uh, Sammy says, "This first time I've ever something like first time I've ever been happy to be black or something like that." And someone says, "Yeah, how do you get, how do you get your skin that color?" You know, and he starts to answer. And he's like, "Wait a minute," you know. Um, it's worth seeing for sure, but you know, Dean sings like three songs and Sammy sings a couple songs, and it's fun seeing uh, what's his name, uh, Peter Lawford, well, Joey, Joey uh, no, not even one of the 11 guys, uh, what's his name that played uh, the Norm, Joker, Norman Phil, oh, Cesar Romero, Cesar Romero, it's good seeing him in here, in there. I mean, it's it's worth seeing, but it's not good, <laughs> so. You know, for the historical context, right? It is, but if it's a storytelling and movie, no, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Bechdel test for this movie, Julia Roberts is in it. And is there any other female character in this movie? The stripper, um, I'm gonna say no, it does not pass the test. Okay, um, see Park Award for this movie. I don't know, there's a lot of uh, there are so many little bit parts. I mean, even Angie Dickinson and Henry Silva from the original yeah. movie. In the oh, scene. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. there are just so many little cameos in this and that. You mentioned Weintraub being in it. Mm-hmm. So many. The whole movie is a steep park. I'll give everyone a steep yeah. park award. That's, that's great. There's a lot of great uh, people in here. Um, it was nice seeing Elliot Gould in a big movie with a good, juicy part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. It was, yeah, he's, he's not just the father of Monica and Ross. Yes, yes. It's it's hard to believe now, but he was in the early seventies. He's one of the biggest, oh, movie, man, biggest movie stars in Hollywood. Yeah, in like the mid, like the early seventies. Uh, he was one of the biggest. You know, seems crazy now, but he was back then for sure. Um, um speaking of, uh, you know, he was in a sitcom short lived called ER. 
Yeah, yeah. And did not yeah. have George Clooney in it. The George Clooney was in the TV show ER. Right, right. Yeah, I remember ER. A little connection there. I remember the original ER. The I original sitcom? It. Yeah, and uh, Jason Alexander was in it too. Was he? Uh, yeah. I think uh, Mary. Uh, Mary. Uh, Mary Ann Hartley? No, no, no. She was in uh, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, the, she was the president in Battlestar Galactica, the newer version of the TV show. Hmm. Um, she was in uh, Sneakers. Um, she was the... What name is Mary? I can't remember. Mary, Kier, Mary Kay Place? No, no, no. I'll have to look it up. Mary Hartman? Yeah, Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I remember ER, the, the sitcom. Um, didn't last, but a season probably, but I liked it. Um, so let's get back to talking about the story here. Um, um, this is where uh, Danny... Uh, is talking to Tess and Terry's there too. And, uh, you know, Terry mentioned, has the line, I know everything that's happening in all my hotels, which is pretty important yeah. <laughs> uh, line. And, uh, and, and Danny says, you know, Sasha put the towels back. He's like, no, you can keep the towels. Um, and, uh, the scene, uh, Basher is in his hotel and the hotel demolition is happening. Um, all right. Oh, yeah, go I'm going to crack. Yeah. Mary McDonald was the woman I'm thinking okay, about. Okay. And, but George Clooney didn't have a part of Ace in that show. Wow. I thought he was not in that show. I was going to say, I thought he was too. Yeah. Uh, I thought the Roseanne yeah. was the first sitcom he was on. I guess I was wrong well, with that. Facts of Life. Oh, yeah. Facts of Life. Yeah. They threw him in everything until something stuck. <laughs> I mean, really, he's just a good looking guy. Well, he's also a legacy. Uh, Rosemary Clooney. Right, right. He's his. Uh, his mom. Mom? Yeah. Yeah, his mom. And his uh, uncle was the guy who was on the uh, movie classics doing the intros all the time. Yeah. Uh, the Ferraris in there, the Ferrar family. Yeah. Mix. His dad was a big, like, radio guy in Cincinnati or whatever. Can't remember now. Um, but uh, so the, the demolition is happening, and Basher is watching it on TV, and it's actually happening behind yes. us. Um, and then you see Ruben, you know, because it's Ruben's, you know, hotel that's getting casino that's getting demolished. Um, and uh, so the, the power goes off, and uh, that's where Pash, uh, Basher gets the idea talking about the pinch and basically saying, We're in Barney. Barney, yeah. <laughs> that, that was a bit of a strategy. <clears throat> you know, if it wasn't for Snatch mm-hmm. and other Guy Ritchie movies, yeah. I wouldn't understand where all that was going and coming from. The right. whole Barney and the right. whole rhyming stuff and yeah. all the, you know, trouble. Just, yeah, trouble. One, one trouble. Thing, yeah. Yeah. And how he was so upset that they didn't get it. You know, right. the right. fact that they were upset, they're all looking at him like, what? What what are you talking right. about? To me, that was funny. Yeah, yeah. It was funny, but it is is a is a big stretch. But yeah, one thing I do remember about Siskel and Ebert, or actually at this time it's probably uh, Ebert and Ripper, Roger Ebert reviewing this movie, I remember him specifically saying, why does Don Cheadle have that obnoxious Cockney accent? Yes, it was a very bad Cockney accent. <laughs> yeah. And he even wanted to change it yeah. for the next couple of movies. And as he said, uh, you know, you're already stuck with it for these movies. Don't change it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember Roger Ebert saying I hated that accent. Um, so they realize they have to get a pinch, which is a, uh, so it'll be able to shut down a whole city blocks of electricity. So they go to uh, 
some I can't remember some uh, place in California, and uh, they basically tell Linus to stay in the van, and uh, they're all inside stealing it. And Linus is bored, and he breaks in the uh, the building. And just as he breaks in, everyone else is coming out, and this causes uh, Yen to hurt his hand when they're trying to escape. Uh, his door closes, yes, on, which is important. Um, and uh, we see that uh, we hear the news that Danny has been red flagged, which means that Danny can't participate. And Rusty says, "You're out," you know. Um, and uh, this is a great little line. You have Terry Benedict. Um, Tess is in the room, and Terry Benedict is talking on the phone to somebody, and he says, "No, very much no." Inform Mister Villavin; he can watch the fight on TV. Surely he must have HBO. That's a great. Yeah. That's a great line. Um, and uh, next is when uh, Terry Benedict is uh, with Saul's character, Lyman Zeriga. Um, and uh, the guy recognizes him and starts saying, Saul, Saul, remember me from, uh, I can't remember, but he says the name of a city in Florida. And Saul just looks at him and doesn't say anything. And uh, so Benefic Benedict is looking at him, he's suspicious. Um, and uh, you have uh, Linus here, Matt Damon, playing the, the uh, Nevada Gaming Commission, Commission guy, uh, investigating Frank Hatton. And uh, they're basically telling Terry that uh, he's um, he's got a record. And uh, it was great when Bernie Mac is like fake angry at uh, Matt Damon. <laughs> and he's like, might as well call it White Jack. Yeah. Won't let a, won't let a black man deal the cards. Here and uh, um, Linus, you know, is talking to Terry. He's, you know, upset. He's like, you know, we have always supported the hiring of hiring of colored. <laughs> he starts to say colored, and and uh, Bernie Mac like jumps at him like he's going to fight him, and uh, that's, so, that's so great. Um, and uh, you see, uh, uh, Lyman Zerga. Um, um, Saul takes another antacid tablet and uh, Rusty says, that's my cue. And, uh, you know, we see that Rusty's putting on a tie or whatever. We don't know what's going on, but, uh, and then you get back to Linus and uh, Frank and Frank says, you know, he's, he's escorting him out. Frank says, cracker. And uh, Linus says, oh dear God, you know, <laughs> he's scared of him. Um, let's see. Uh, <clears throat> And this is where Danny is. Uh, they, they take Danny to the room. Um, the two bouncer guys take him there, put him in the room. Is like uh, he says, "How much? How much longer do you think Benedict's going to be?" Supposedly Terry wanted to talk to him. Yeah. He's like, hmm, "No." The no. twins brought him over there. Yeah, yeah. No, no cameras in this room. And uh, and this is where uh, the character Bruiser. Um, they bring him in because the twins were already big guys. Yeah. Fully capable of beating the shit out of him. They bring in Bruiser, who's a much bigger guy. Yeah, even bigger. <laughs> yeah, he's like six eight. He looks like a professional wrestler or something. Yeah, and uh, and then you know you realize that uh, he's friends with Danny. They got the whole thing together. Uh, he Shades. punches him right away. Shades of Dickstown. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, he punches Danny right away, and he says, "Jesus, Bruiser, not until not until later." He's like, "I'm sorry, Danny," and he's so sweet. And he says, "How's the wife?" He says, "Pregnant again." 
That's so great. Uh, and this is where uh, Saul fakes it, fakes illness, basically like collapses, and that's where they uh, call in a doctor. And uh, Rusty is playing the doctor, comes in with his uh, funny wig on and, and the big mustache. Yeah, right? yeah. And uh, he's doing CPR on him. He's like, uh, and then the twins are his like EMTs are with him too. He's like, uh, sorry, we've lost him. And uh, <laughs> this is uh, next is where Basher sits off the pinch. Um, Shuts off power to the whole whole area. Uh, lights go out, and it's uh, this is where Danny and Linus, who were top of the uh, elevator shaft yeah. that has all these sensors in it, right, right. have just uh, a short period of time to drop as fast as possible. Yeah, kill themselves. Yeah, they uh, drop the glow sticks, and because uh, they got to drop down, mm -hmm. they got to release the the cords, mm -hmm. the ropes that they're pulling, because nothing can hit those sensors once the power comes back on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so they do that, um, and the lights come back on. I like how the boxers are still trying to hit each other, and lights come back on. Casino people are trying to run off the money with the money. Um, Chaos everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Big distraction. Yeah. And this is uh, we see Yen in the uh, in the room. He opens the box, and the brief briefcase is on top. Yes. And so I don't know if, I mean, the people watching it, they know. But does Yen, I don't know, does Yen know? He, he may have heard it. Yeah. But it could be that as soon as it starts to go down, he can hear something going on. It's like, what's up there? Yeah. You know, yeah. one of the little, oops, something's going wrong. A little foreshadowing for other things going wrong. Yeah. Although going back to the earlier scenes, I do like the way that they uh, positioned everything to get the inside guys outside. Yes. Frank Catton was an inside man. Now he's being taken out. Mm -hmm. The casino's taking him out. So that when things go down, he won't be there. Right, Lyman Zerga, inside man. Oh, now he's 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 had a heart attack. Whatever, the EMTs are taking him out, even though they're fake ones. Yeah, so that he won't be there. So the the, the live guys that yeah. Terry Benedict had to deal with, right? They've been taken out by the casino, right? So that they're they wouldn't suspect. be they wouldn't be suspicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good point. And, and they're, they're, about they're no longer in position. Of, oh, something's gone wrong. Who can I look at? This guy doesn't belong here. This guy doesn't belong here. This this is odd stuff, you know. Yeah. But those two, those people have taken out. I never thought about that. That makes, I mean, that's true, but I just never thought yeah. about it that way. That makes sense. It's all yeah. part of the planning. You know, you have to get the inside people out of the You got everyone out of out You of can put it back in position for something else, which they did. Right. You, they're suspicious to begin with, so you want to get rid of them. Yes, yeah. Um, and uh, so we got Yen here doing what he's doing, uh, climbing over to the other side so you can put the explosives on the door. Staying off the floor, jumping around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you got uh, Livingston and Frank uh, watching on TV. Frank comes up and says, how are we doing? And Livingston says, okay, okay. Yeah. He's not, you know, he's like, okay. He's like, not not negative, not positive. He's like, we're doing, we're doing okay. Um, and Rusty calls Tess and uh, Terry says, your phone's ringing. And she said, I don't have a cell phone. Because uh, Danny had dropped it in her, uh, her coat pocket yes. or whatever. And uh, she answers the phone and says, it's for you. And it's Rusty says, this is the man. Who is this? The man who's going to rob you. The man who is robbing you. Right, right, right. Is robbing you. The man who's robbing you right now. Yeah. And um, Rusty's telling him, are you watching the monitors? And uh, it shows the guards knocked out and people taking bags of money in the vault. Um, basically, he lays a thing, a scenario is like, well, you can you can have half your money 
or we can blow it all up and you get none of your money. Uh, you know, you can, you can lose 80 million privately or we lose 160 million publicly. publicly. Yeah. And of course, they knew he was still going to call the cops and yeah. try to stop it. Um, Make an appearance of choice. They already knew what was going to go down. Yes. What most likely scenario, especially with Terry Benedict, what's he going to do? He's mm-hmm. not going to let anything get away. Mm-hmm. So they make the appearance of they're giving him the choice. Yes. So that they can play everything else that comes along afterwards. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, he says, make the call. And then uh, you hear, you know, makes the, the, his, his, his guy makes the call and you hear 911 emergency response. You know, that's yeah. all you hear. You don't know what it, it's just a normal call as far as you know right now. Uh, Rusty tells him the plan and uh, Terry says, I got one request for you. Run and hide, asshole, because uh, he's going to find him. Um, and uh, he gets a call The uh, when the van, you know, left with the money. Yeah. Uh, it's headed toward McCarran Airport. Mm-hmm. We got a bunch, of, a bunch of cars following it. Yes. Um, and... Uh, uh, we also, uh, the SWAT team has been called in. Yes. I'm making quotes with my finger SWAT team. Yes, you can see them. I can see them. Yes. And they're really bad finger quotes. Right. I mean, they're he's like very on the table, very doing lazy. like crab legs yeah. instead of the in the air. Quotes. Yes, yes. Um, and the SWAT team is on the radio and the money's flying all over the place. Um, I can tell you when I first saw the movie, mm-hmm. I recognized the voice. It was like, okay, I got, oh, I got what's going on. Yeah, it wasn't hidden too well. Yeah, uh, if they'd chosen someone else or done it differently, I might have been pulled along a little bit further. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and they finally get to the van uh, that's headed toward the airport where the money is supposed to be. Uh, they basically uh, shoot out the tires and they uh, open the door. Open the door. It, it, a little explosion. There's a little robot camera looking at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's not, uh, they, they, it's not, it's not cash. It's flyers for hookers. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, uh, all, that's all it is. It's in bags. Like it's supposed to be money, but it's just thousands of flyers for hookers. And uh, uh, Terry realizes, you know, he talks to his, uh, his main guy or whatever. He's like, um, what you're looking at, does it say Bellagio on the floor? This is after the, uh, all the rigmarole downstairs. Yeah. And they, he goes down to uh, survey the damage. It appears they've uh, done lots of damage down there. And yeah. uh, and uh, he notices that uh, he looks at the floor and sees the word Bellagio yeah. there on the on the mm-hmm. parquet. And he says, go to the tape. Is Bellagio, does it say Bellagio on the floor of the, of the mm-hmm. vault? He goes, no, it doesn't say that. I don't understand it. Says, we mm-hmm. put it in last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was a fake. Yeah. And uh, Terry says, it was a tape. What you're watching was a tape. And they get the montage explaining things. It shows the SWAT team faces, and it's them, uh, including uh, Carl Reiner <laughs> rappelling down with a rope, wearing a SWAT team, uh, SWAT team uh, gear, uh, and they're carrying the money out. Um, and uh, Livingston was the 911 operator. Um, uh, Terry goes to see Danny, who he knows is he's still got, and he's getting beat up. And uh, he walks in and talks to Danny, and Danny says, "How's the other fight going?" And uh, so basically, uh, you know, Terry uh, assumes that Danny may have something to do with it. A little kind of a plot hole in the middle of this mm-hmm. is Danny never asks about the power going out. 
Oh, yeah. That would have happened while he was getting beat up by Bruiser. Right. The power would have gone out. Yeah. Something might have happened in there. Mm-hmm. But he never mentions it, never brings it up. He never says, hey, what happened with the power? Why did that go out? That's a good point. It never brought it up. Yeah. So maybe he's just uh, avoiding something, or maybe it's not necessary for the plot of the movie moving along, but mm-hmm. no one else seems to really bring it up after that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that would have been something important. Yeah, he asked about the, how the other fight going, but not what happened with the power going out. Right, right. That's that's a good point. Um, and, uh, you know, Terry basically is, uh, Danny's like, uh, you know, Terry's saying something like, tell me, did you have anything to do with this? And Danny's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, and uh, basically he gets to the, uh, um, they tell uh, Rusty calls Tess and says, turn to channel 88. And uh, Danny says, what happened, Benedict? Did you get robbed or something? And uh, and then Danny says, what if I told you I could get all your money back if you give up Tess? And Terry says, I would say yes. And Danny says, I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy. I know a guy. Anything that happens in the Western U.S., he, he knows. He knows. It's like. Terry's like, you know a guy. You know a guy. Yeah. And uh, and then, as uh, and of course, they inform the parole officer. So Danny's going to be back in prison for a short yeah. time at least. And uh, Terry um, runs into Tess, and uh, Tess says, you of all people should know there's always someone watching in your casinos. Yeah. And, uh, and then Tess talks to Danny on the way out. Um, and basically, you know, she's, she likes him again, and uh, everyone's at the fountain. And uh, three to six months later, Rusty's waiting at the fence. Yeah, the uh, fountain was, was last in film. Yeah. So they all put them up, get everyone together. And yeah, that was, was a great scene. Yeah. Great music. Just, yeah. just, you know. And it all ended right there without what happens after it. I don't even know. Okay. Yeah. Did. Right, right. But what comes afterwards? Yeah. Tess is there waiting for yeah. him. Makes Ted Nugent proud. Yep. And that's the way it ends. Yep. We'll be back right after this. What the hell's going on in the vault? Uh, nothing, sir. It's all normal. Show me. I'm afraid you're mistaken. You're watching your monitors? Okay. Keep watching. this town, your luck can change just that quickly. Find out how much money we have down there. Sure. into my vault. Congratulations. You're a dead man. Maybe. Maybe. May I ask how you expect to leave? Do you believe I'm going to allow you to parade bags full of my money out my casino door? No. You're going to carry it out for us. Why would I do that? Take a closer look at your monitor. 
As your manager's probably reporting to you now, you have a little over 160 million in your vault tonight. You may notice we're only packing up about half that. The other half we're leaving in your vault, booby-trapped, as a hostage. You let our 80 million go, and you get to keep yours. That's the deal. You try and stop us, we'll blow both cash lines. Mr. Benedict, you can lose $80 million tonight secretly, or you can lose $160 million publicly. It's your decision. We are back here on the podcast talking about Ocean's Eleven, and it's time to play the trivia games we play here. Uh, we're doing uh, the game Weird Algorithm, uh, where you take IMDb, and you take a movie, you can sort it now by popularity instead of credit order, which... Uh, can vastly change from week to week and based on if someone has a new TV show, yeah. yep, someone's yep. in the news, new movie, new something, new project. Yes. Um, and we're going to take turns uh, giving the question to each other. We don't know the movies ahead of time. Uh, did you want to go first? Did you want to? I'll go second this time. All right. So I'm giving to you first? Yes. All right. So your movie that you're going to guess the popularity of is L.A. Confidential. Oh, L.A. Confidential. That's on your list somewhere. Yes, it is on my list. All right. Uh, wow, that's a lot of people. It's in my top it. 100. I haven't seen it in a while, so I can't okay. remember. Okay. Kevin Spacey was in it. Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other Australian guy. Two Australian Russell guys. Crow. Russell Crowe. And Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. Um, um, you also have uh, Kim Basinger. Kim Basinger. You also have uh, David Strathairn. Oh, David Strathairn. I knew him. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Simon Baker, um, James Cromwell. I forgot Simon Baker was in. I like him. James Cromwell plays a good bad guy. Oh, yeah. Um, he always does. Matt McCoy. Wow, Matt McCoy. Yeah. There's a lot of names in this. Okay. Uh, Ron Rifkin. Um, he's one of those actors I always confuse with a different actor <laughs> with a similar name. But anyway, um, I'm going to go with those names there. Um Russell Crowe is in something. I'm going to put him on top. Uh, uh, Danny DeVito, I'll put him second. Kim, third. Uh, I'll put in uh, Kevin Spacey because he's in the news. And then uh, I can't think of anyone else. Let's go with the guy Pierce. Okay. Number one is Russell Crowe. Oh, cool. Number two. David Strathairn. Oh, you mentioned him. Happy to see that he's number two. Yes. I'm not sure why, but I'm glad he is. He's got something out there. Yeah. Uh, number three is Guy Pierce. All right. Number four is Kevin Spacey. All right. Number five is Simon Baker. Oh, I didn't mention him. Yeah. Uh, I, I loved him in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I never saw that, but yeah. I mean, um, number six is Kim Basinger. Seven is Danny DeVito. Then James Cromwell, Matt McCoy. And uh Yeah. Yeah, so I got three out of five. Mm-hmm. Not in the right order, but... Great right. cast, great movie. All right. Speaking of great movies from the past, All right. my movie for you is one of the big movies of 1996. Okay. Twister. Twister. Yes, very good. Okay. So, uh, hit it. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm going to say... Um, hmm. Do you want me to go down a list of people who are in it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, but yeah, yeah definitely. All right, let me change the credit order here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the credit order. Okay. Helen Paxton. Hunt, Bill Paxton, Carrie Elways, Jamie Gertz, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Lois Smith, Alan Ruck, Sean Whalen, Scott Thompson, Todd Field, J. 
Joey Slotnick, Wendell, uh, Jeremy Davis, Zach Reiner, Gregory Sport. Oh, I'm not recognizing him. I've never heard his name. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Patrick Fisher. I'm recognizing him too. I've never heard his name. Hmm. Uh, a bunch of people. Anthony Rapp. Yeah. Star Trek Discovery. Well, I know him from other things. Oh, yeah. uh, Days Confused. Lots of stuff. Yeah. I know him from the controversy more than anything. I guess he, he, and he's on my favorite podcast. Yeah, I guess he's involved uh, several Spacey times. Stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. Jake Busey was in that. I didn't know. I was one of those like mobile lab technician guy with that. Yeah. Name. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say. Uh, oh, let me go back to the actual new. Uh, yeah. Popularity order. All right. Yeah, I got it. All right. Okay. I'm gonna say Helen Hunt. Okay. Say Bill Paxton. Uh huh. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh huh. Carrie Elwes. Uh huh. And. What the hell, Lois Smith? All right, you got four out of five. Okay. Number one, Helen Hunt. Okay. Number two, Jamie Gertz. Oh yeah. Then Carrie, Bill, Philip Seymour Hoffman, followed by Alexa Pena Vega, who played the six-year-old Joe Harding, okay. Helen Hunt's character. Okay. Jeremy Davis, Dick Busey, Anthony Rapp, Alan Ruck, Lois Smith, Patrick Fisher, lots of names you know, Abraham Ben Ruby. So, oh, yeah, Abraham Ben Ruby. He's one good. of those uh, in everything character actors. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's good. I like him. Uh-huh. Yeah, Twister. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. It's yeah. a fun, that was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I, I still it remember was. Cow. Another cow, same cow. Yeah. I saw, uh, I mean, I, uh, Universal Studios. I went on the Twister ride or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Universal Studios. Did they actually pick you up and spin you around? Yes, absolutely. Uh, the only ride that I remember going on. We really wanted to, when I went, we went there, we really wanted to go on the Back to the Future ride, but there was under construction. It wasn't open yet. It was oh, supposed well, to be open, but it was delayed. Okay. I went on that one, too. Yeah. It was good. Um, yeah. So, uh, who's your guy in Ocean's Eleven? Who's my guy? Oh, wow. There's so many good characters in here. Wow. Yeah. Um, rather than who's your guy, I'm going to go with the, the scene poker scene with all those actors mm-hmm. just doing horrible at the game yeah and then being i'm gonna say obnoxious because mm-hmm. uh, they weren't really obnoxious just like, so halfway clueless yeah and eager and naive and no knowledgeable right you know like yeah that was a funny scene to me it was i know so much about the game of poker and yeah. watching them we have new players that will come in and they're they're willing to learn they'll talk to people the regular poker players get irritated with them for a while, but they're really trying to learn. These people, it's not like they're really trying right, to learn. Right, right. One, one guy is like still six be, cards. It's like they want to be known as someone who plays poker as right. opposed to someone who actually knows how to play poker. Yeah. But that was such a funny scene to me. Yeah. I'm going to go with the whole scene right there. Okay. The tiger beat. I'll call it the tiger beat scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just said cold decking. Tiger beat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, uh, I think uh, I'll go with uh, Bernie Mac. Frank Catton. Ah, yeah, good just that handshaking scene. Yeah, with the, yeah. With, with the denim. Talking yeah. about Al, Al, he, he <laughs> pretends to not know Al, Alvera. Uh, yeah. Alvera, and he mispronounces it a little bit, you know? And, uh, yeah, Bernie Mac just being, just being great. He's just, he's funny. I can't remember now, but if, if you haven't seen it, uh, um, Bernie Mac's famous, most famous comedy routine is, uh, is I think it's just called Bus Driver. And he's talking about some kid trying to get on the bus, and it's it's fucking outstanding. It's really good. Um, it's about like a kid who stutters or something, and then uh, 
it's like I can't remember. It's like somebody you think somebody's making fun of someone from stuttering, stuttering, and the bus driver's a stutterer too. Be really, I don't know. I don't remember the joke, but it's funny. Um, and um, time to talk about the villains. Who is the villain in this movie? Uh, <coughs> Andy Garcia. Yeah, one hundred percent. Terry Benedict. Terry Benedict. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was definitely the villain in the scene. Mm-hmm. This movie scene, mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, does he rise to the level of our other villains? Man, he is so cool and calm, but he and they he, they make him out to be this incredibly threatening person, but he doesn't really follow through yeah. with anyone. Yeah, you've seen in other Vegas movies where they really follow through. Yeah, with hurting people. Yeah, Twenty One comes to mind. Yeah, um, but. Uh, so I can't really elevate him. Right. He does a great job. Oh, yeah. I, I, Andy Garcia great does a great, great job. And he does him. great the next couple of movies as well. Yes. Putting his uh, stamp on things. Yeah. Yeah. Even the second one where he's not really in the movie, but mm-hmm. he affects it a lot. Right, right. Um, so I knew, and they tried to rehabilitate him a little bit by the third movie because they brought mm-hmm. the other villain with Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, still. Yeah. He's the villain of this movie, but. Is he in our top ten with uh, Buddy at the bottom of the list? The thing for the thing? No, he doesn't make it. No, no, definitely not. And we've talked about this just recently. It's gonna be tough to hit the list now. As yeah. a villain, you really gotta. Yeah, you gotta no be punch, like no punches. You gotta be like a Wicked Witch of the West or like Hans Landa to. Just gotta be better. Than, chance. Right now, you just gotta be better than Buddy from Baby. Right, Bear. right, yeah, and yeah, I mean, I, yeah, he, he he's definitely the villain. He definitely yeah. doesn't make the list. I forgot to mention too. I did watch um, uh, Ocean's Twelve uh, yesterday. Oh, I definitely had seen it in theaters. It was but, the uh, art heist one, right? Yeah, yeah. But and the fox, not the fox, it wasn't the fox. Who was the guy? It was the uh, Mark. The Mark. The Mark. Yeah. It was a. Uh, it's still really good. I mean, it really is. It's really good. I mean, and I hadn't seen it probably since I saw it in theaters. It's still really good though. People make fun of the whole storyline with Julie Roberts playing Julie Roberts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People threw some that, but it brought the what's your name, uh, Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah, in there. and Bruce Willis. Yeah, and I love how. Well, Bruce Willis was originally uh, online for Danny Ocean, but he turned it down to do another movie. Oh, okay. Uh, so he had a little cameo in the second movie. Okay, by well, himself. Yeah, well, it's great because you know, Julie Roberts is playing. They're like, you know, ever notice she kind of looks like Julie Roberts. It's great how when she really meets Bruce Willis, who's playing Bruce Willis, and she's like, "Oh my God, Bruce Willis!" <laughs> that was that was priceless. That was really great. Yeah, was funny. She was like losing her mind. Meta, meta, super meta. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Bring around the rosy meta. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's time to talk about the list. Uh, would this be on your list? This be absolutely. It? It's, yeah, this is a very good movie. It's yes, well it's so much fun. Yes. Like I said, it's one of those movies where parts of it are on, I'm just going to sit and watch it. Right. It's a top 20 movie. Easy. Oh, yeah. 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 But where is it on your list? Yes. Where it is on my list? Just go ahead and tell me. Paul is going to try to guess where it is on my list. Um, about 65, 70 movies in. He still has not guessed one right. But the gaps, the gaps are, are fewer and smaller. Oh, so far away, the last one. I really and his odds of guessing them are getting greater and greater. Um, will this be the week that he guesses? I want to put this in here. 29. 29. No, it is 59. Oh, 
Wow, so far off. Oh, but so much closer to the top. 59, yeah. Um, loved it since I saw it. Always loved it. It's always great. Seen it many, many times for sure. But yeah, it's 59 on the list. Um, and I want to talk about what didn't make the list. Uh, was actually we were already talked about a little bit. It was Logan Lucky. Yeah. Logan Lucky, man. I finally saw. Well, it's not that old. I want to say finally, but I saw it like about two years ago. Okay. Man, it's it's fucking great. It's a fun movie. This has got you know Adam Driver and uh, Channing Tatum, right? Yeah. And um, um, Daniel Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Man, it's a it's it's just like this movie pretty much, except it involves a NASCAR track in, in North Carolina. Fair amount of it is in West Virginia, where I'm from. Yeah. Um, it's a really, really well done. The, movie. the characters are not as sophisticated criminals as no. in Ocean's Eleven, but they do have a goal. Yeah. And uh, they do their best to meet it. Yeah, because I was already going to watch this that movie when I put it on, and so I was in it, didn't realize, and I saw Steven Soderbergh directing. I'm like, oh yeah, awesome, awesome. And no spoilers, but the ending's a little. Revealing about the rest, of the earlier parts of the movie. Okay, at yeah. that point you're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 At a certain point you're like, oh, "These poor guys," and then at another point it's like, oh, "Poor, poor everybody else." Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, time to talk about plugs. Do you have any plugs? I do not at this time. Have a plug. Right. Well, one I wanted to mention. I just wanted to mention plug in our, you know, our podcast. Oh, yeah. Tell your friends. Um, Set for automatic download, like it, love it, subscribe. Have we made it to Antarctica yet? Not yet. Oh, no. No. Um, but our uh, early episodes have a pretty good amount of downloads. Good, honestly. good. Like, like it, the trend lately is far less people are listening to the one that just came out, but then the early ones are getting much greater numbers. So it's we're, actually a good sign. We're building a broader base. Yeah, that. that's a good sign. That's people saying, I know I love this podcast. I'm going to start at the beginning. Good. Um, and that's definitely. When happening. I start a podcast, uh, I'll probably listen to like one or two early episodes, recent episodes. I'm like, okay, I like it. I'm going to go back to the beginning yeah. and follow all the way through, even, no matter how many there are. Right. That's usually um, what I do too. And then I pay attention to the newer ones come out. If something has a title or a subject, I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm going to right now. Yeah. I'll hit that early. That's to go back in line to follow through. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of times the podcast will refer to things from earlier podcasts or there'll be a through line of thought mm -hmm. episode to episode. It's, oh yeah. It's much easier to follow if you go from beginning to end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, the other plug I had was uh, I just, I finished the, uh, the recent HBO uh, four part documentary, Alan versus Pharaoh. Yeah. Uh, Woody Allen, Mia Pharaoh. It good? It's great. Does it make you a believer? One way or the other. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's rough, so but you, it's worth you coming down the Pharaoh side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, it's his side. Yeah, it's made by them. So yeah, it's 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 rough, but it's definitely worth watching. It's you know four one hour basically or so episodes. It's it's brutal, but it's worth watching. And and it makes a good point. Like so many people still in Hollywood are still supporting Woody Allen, and it seems crazy. <laughs> That they're still supporting Woody Allen. Dylan Farrow is in it a lot. Not so crazy, you know. Whoever makes money, yeah, I know, gets get support. But yeah. also, you know, there are tons of artists from the way back in history that we know lots of bad things about. Yeah, 
but we still look at their art as you know right. what it what is is for our times. Yeah. You don't say uh, a Monet painting is is horrible because he slept with hookers all the time. Yeah, we yeah. say well it is what it is, and despite him, and in the future, sometime somewhere down the future, Woody Allen's films, most of them will probably look the same way. It is what it is, despite mm -hmm. the guy that yeah. made them. Yeah, right now he's still alive and still making stuff, so it's still controversial and right. and. Uh, the odds of him making more as he gets older and more, more stuff comes out about yeah. him is less likely. Now his movies are basically only playing in Europe. Like I guess. Yeah, he, he makes with a lot of people that won't, the only people that used to work with him won't work with him again. Yeah, yeah. Anymore. Uh, so he makes, does what he can as mm -hmm. he can as he gets older. And eventually he'll die and all he'll be left of him will be his art. And yeah. We'll have to judge it from, from then on. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but either way, it's it's a fascinating documentary. If you know. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, it's. Um, HBO. a lot of stuff in the news about it. So just finished. I mean, it just finished airing like last week, I think, on HBO. So um, yeah, still great, great watching. Um, it's time to talk about what we're doing next week on the podcast. What are we next doing next week? week? Uh, next week, work on your Robert Wagner impression. Uh, hang out with Mini Me, and get try to get your mojo back. Next week, we're talking. Yeah, about, baby. Yeah. Next week, we're talking uh, about Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. That is the second part, one. Two. part two. It's part two. The first one's not on your list? The first one's not on my list. The third one's not on your list? It's not. The seventh one's not on your no, list? No. This not is just the second one. This is the only movie in the entire top 100, the entire podcast, where I have a sequel. It's actually the only sequel in the entire podcast. Oh. But it's also the only one where the first one's not included. Uh -huh. Um. So, yeah, we're talking about that next week on 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. You're 30 seconds late. I was about to send out a search. Hello, Tess. What are you doing here? I'm out. You're out. The prison. You remember the day that I went for cigarettes and didn't come back? You must have noticed. I don't smoke. Don't sit. Now, they tell me that I paid my debt to society. Funny, I never got a check. You're not wearing your ring. I sold it. I don't have a husband or didn't you get the papers? My last day inside. I told you I'd write. Danny, go now before... What? Benedict? How you doing? Whiskey and whiskey. Danny. Tess, you're doing a great job curating the museum. The Vermeer is quite good. It's simple, vibrant. Although his work definitely fell off as he got older. Remind you of anyone? And I always confuse Monet and Manet. Now, which one married his mistress? Monet. Right. And then Manet had syphilis. They also painted occasionally. This quick. I came here for you. When I get on with my life, I want you with me. You're a thief and a liar. I only lied about being a thief. I don't do that anymore. Steal. Lie. I'm with someone now who doesn't have to make that kind of distinction. No, he's very clear on both. You know what your problem is? I only have one. You've met too many people like you. I'm with Terry now. Does he make you laugh? 
he doesn't make me cry.